Hey, Paul. Yes, ma'am. How are you? Good. Cool. So, selling state of mind. <laughs> you you landed on a good quote. Oh. Oh, I think we lost Paul. <laughs> um, so I will try to. <laughs> Uh, we lost Paul because of his internet connectivity. So basically, Paul had found a good quote. Oh, there you are. Paul's back. Yeah, I'm surprised it was my connection because I've got super duper Wi-Fi here. Yeah, a connection just dropped. Uh, I can see also see that it's still low. Um, oh, there we go. I'm back up now. My, my connection because my Wi-Fi yeah. is really strong. It's very strange. No, it's back up, but it was in the red for a while. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So selling state of mind, that's what I was telling people while you dropped off. Uh, you see, you saw a quote and that kind of inspired you to, uh, to talk about selling state of mind. Well, and I've been thinking about a lot, um, when you're selling and then I'll, I'll just mention the quote, then I'll, I'll tell you, uh, how I thought of it before, because it's the easy way to do it. So I'll read the quote to get it straight here. So selling is not selling, only asking questions is selling. Right. So, so you know, if you're if you're in a state of mind where you're just trying to sell something, and you're talking to a prospect and you think, okay, I just want to sell my software, I just want to do the demo, I just want to and close, close, close. You know, like these say in the seventies, uh, always be closing. <laughs> <laughs> I think. What happens when you have that approach is you might get, you know, it might this person needs, but you're, it's the word, you know, that I just use, you're getting lucky. Because really, if you're trying to sell someone something, uh, it first has to be qualified, you know? Right. Um, I refuse to believe that everyone you prospect on needs what you're selling. You know, it's just right. on that one. Again, unless you're selling toilet paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> toilet paper and water. Um, you know, it's not everyone that needs everything. So when I heard this quote, I said, you know, it's really interesting because I spend a lot of time in my training sessions. Yeah. I spend an enormous amount of time um, talking about and getting people to realize that they don't ask enough questions, that they don't know enough about their prospect or their client before they jump into sales mode. Mm -hmm. And um, if I could give a quick analogy, if you're okay with that, um, you know, if you walk into a store, I'm going to use a B2C analogy. I love those. So you walk into a store and you're saying, I'm looking for a pair of skis. And the salesperson says, oh, here are the best skis we have, you know. They're great for moguls, um, you know, they'll last you forever, uh, they're good in powder and whatnot. And then the person's like, well, I don't ski mogul, I don't ski powder. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I ski these terrible hills in Quebec that only have ice on them. Well, <laughs> you, know, you, you missed out on an opportunity. And, and or, or maybe the person's like, I just want to rent a pair of skis once. You, you, you need to qualify. And to qualify, you need to ask questions. And you really need to be honest with yourself to say, is this really something that this person's going to benefit from? If not, you're a charlatan that's just trying to push something. And, you know, I'm not trying to help you guys if you're charlatans. Get off the podcast. Um, but if you're a sincere person who's really trying to bring a benefit to someone, 
you're not telling, you're not just showing a demo, you're finding out before about what the needs of the person are. Right. I mean, you and I have been, we've been talking about this for two years, you know. Yeah. Marketing is getting that message out there, you know, we've talked about that. And then once you're at the sales stage, it's finding out, but it's hard to do because as, as human beings, we just want to go out there and tell our story, right? I mean, you and I, we've done role plays, we've done a bazillion different things. And mm-hmm. people usually, and you know, you, you become an expert salesperson, you, people usually fall short because they stop asking questions at a certain point. They start on a good line, they get a few answers, and boom, they run in, they jump into their demo. They jump into their sales to figure out, okay, I've got enough. You do have enough because you see all the pieces connected. But it doesn't mean that your prospect sees the connection yet. So right. it needs to be very obvious to them that they either need something. If you've asked a lot of questions, you found out they really do need something. And it's even obvious to them, well, oh, it's true, I do have a problem there. And, mm. You know, what solution do you see? Right. So that that's that acquired that in what does that mean tactically? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Like why do you think why do you think salespeople and I know you're right, we've been talking about this for, for two years now, but why do you think people salespeople stop asking questions? Like I have my my couple of theories, but I'd like to get your point of view. Well let's get your theories first. What why do you think? I think there's multiple reasons. Um, I think one is just they're not trained to do it. I think that's probably a big one, right? Like uh, a lot of the sales training that I've seen is just about, you know, product training and stuff like that, or, you know, software training or service training, whatever you're selling, and less about how it fits with the prospect and why a prospect would need this. And so, you know, a prospect would be like, I need, you know, an accounting software. Great. We offer an accounting software. Let's let, you know, what's your main problem? Oh, well, you know, like it's hard to keep track of all the accounts receivable. Great. Like we have a AI component that tra- helps you track everything and predicts which, who will be late on payments and stuff like that. Let's, let's jump in onto the demo, right? Like that's the extent of a lot of sales trainings that happen is like, you ask one question, you heard one thing that makes sense to you. Like, boom, let's go in there. Exactly. You're so off. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a big one. I think, uh, but I think the, the other one that's, and I know I've thrown that out of there and you, I don't think you agreed at the time. We'll see where you're at now, but it's, I think there's also kind of a sales leadership problem where, um, you know, sales want leaders want full pipelines to be able to go see their, their boss and say like, look, we have such a full pipeline. We're forecasting this much, this month or this quarter, and they don't want their salespeople to turn down deals. They'd rather have them stay in the pipeline. Um, and, you know, and I'm to a varying extent, right? Some, some, some leaders know, some leaders, you know, yes. Some leaders are just not aware of what's going on in the pipeline, except once a quarter when they, they're pushing their reps to put in all the numbers. Um, but I think what that does is also like, and the last element, which is a maybe a mix of a mix of both, is that and we talked about this repeatedly in the past couple of podcasts, especially um, salespeople aren't doing what they need to fill their pipeline, and so they're stuck with 
relatively few deals in the pipeline. And so the, each deal has a, has a disproportionate amount of importance in terms of them hitting their numbers. Um, and so there's a fear of disqualification almost, where it's like, at least I've done what I had to do, right? I've demoed them. This is what like my KPIs are like number of demos, number of calls, number of, uh, you know, deals in certain stages. I've done all that. So, um, we're good. Well, you've said a lot of really interesting things. <laughs> you're right. If you have lack of training or expertise in your one, your product two sales, you know, mm -hmm. you're a great salesperson and you don't have great expertise in your product, you cannot see the connection. Bunch of stuff, but you you might not see the opportunity, or you might not be able to fix the challenge because you just don't have an expertise in what you're selling, right? And and right. Fair. Uh, on the other side, if you what you're selling and you don't know how to ask questions, well, then you're and and, and I, I call it not to ask questions because that to me is what sales is really good. Um, right. Then again, you you might just be going down a path that that, that is not important to the client because. Yes, um, to 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 what it is that their challenges are. Um, right. You said one thing, two things that I really like, and I'll I'll, I'll treat the last one first. So you talked about fear. Mm -hmm. I think fear is huge. It's it's huge at two levels: the fear of disappointing your sales manager, like you said earlier, but you also have the fear of failure. So you're right. in there, you you know high level that you need to sell X dollars a month. Prospect, so you're you're cutting corners. It's sort of speeding to get the next right. So and you might get a ticket. Getting the ticket, right. isn't asking enough questions. So you're you're thinking about it as yourself. And right. Fear like my boss told me they fired me. So you just want to fear mode, and then so you the client feels that you're not really thinking about. It about yourself, which, which, you know, and something you have to think about though, you have to be aware of, um, you know, so mm -hmm. you got, okay, I'm scared, but that doesn't mean anything to my client. Um, right. So that's a, that's a big one or fear of disappointing your sale of, of sales leadership. And that, the last one I want to treat is, uh, sales leadership. You're right. And, and I don't know or what I disagree, but you're right that some sales leaders probably say, uh, you know, funnel, keep the stuff. Funnel, you know, we look good to my leaders or not, but those are bad sales leaders. I'm put it out there. If someone's asking you to keep something in the funnel or just fill up your funnel with useless crap, those are, are bad salespeople. Or, or um, uneducated sales leaders, you know, they don't have the right approach to, to helping you move forward. So um, that's really interesting. And it's funny that you talk about it here because I think that is the it's unprepared fear or you know the mm. fear or whatever it is it's it's just fear of not having success and then you just go into overdrive mode and you push too hard right um, and, and i'll equate it to you know it's sort of like if i say hey fab if you convince me to go to this restaurant you'll get a you know thousand dollar bonus mm. and, and in your head you're going or ten thousand dollar bonus i can't pay for this 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 and that so you get scared so you're saying you know, Paul, come to the restaurant. It's good. You're going to eat there. And I'm going, whoa, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> you know? Like, 
why and, and and why is he insisting so much that I go to this restaurant? I'm like right. Whereas you know I'm hungry and you say, Hey Paul, what do you want to eat? Oh, you know, I like Asian food and you're thinking, Oh, I actually Asian restaurant, you know, why do you like Asian food? Oh, okay, you know, why are you hungry now? Yeah, I'm really hungry. Well, what would you say if I could just eat your appetite? Let's go to the restaurant. You know, I took a very stupid example, but it boils down to really taking the time, and that's what you just said before, is taking the time to understand your client's needs and forgetting all the bullshit, the sales, the stupid sales that's not good at, at coaching you or helping you or, or the fact that you're afraid. Um, you know, if it's a training issue, go get the training. <laughs> if, you don't know your, if you don't know what your product does, and, and it's probably the easiest thing to do, right? I mean, to understand is the first thing you should but you, should, you also need to understand how to communicate and understand the needs that your client has for the feature because really the feature is what the person's going to be using mm. but how that feature helps them achieve their objectives which is i'd say 10 or 5 percent of sales people really get to the objectives and to the to the motivation to why it is that the person's doing business not many people get there because a mm. lot of get success just by figuring out the features that are going to help their client. Like you said earlier, oh, well, my software will help you do this. Okay, let's just go in and do it. You haven't found out anything about their business. And like I said to a client this week, then you're just a supplier. You're a supplier of a software that does something. That's fine. If you just want to be a supplier and you want to talk to a lot of people, that's all good. But if you really want to be a partner uh, and help them move forward, then you need to find out what it is they're, they're trying to achieve. It often circles back to the same thing, but I, I, I just loved that quote, you know, telling is not, um, what is it exactly? I don't want to, <laughs> um, you know, telling is not selling, only asking questions is selling. Yeah. And, uh, it's, true. it's true. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think there's another flip side to that. And I mean, I guess it touches on some of the things we talked about and that's all the support that a salesperson gets, right? Like, I think if, I think a lot of salespeople are also uh, distracted, they don't know which questions to ask. They don't know, like their CRM is not set up to help them ask the right questions. They're, um, you know, they're, they're being measured on the wrong thing, like numbers of meetings they've had, or as opposed to number of qualified opportunity, you know, like there's just, there's a lot of operational support as well that that play into that where it's like the salesperson is in front of a not well set up CRM or not set up CRM and the data is all off and they're measured on the wrong things. I mean, that's just all these little things that are also contributing to this bad behavior. So what you have is you end up with these sales teams that only know about the product, not not really what it does for the client and not able to identify a client that needs this product, they have sales leaders who are pushing to have full pipelines as opposed to quality pipelines. And then they're not supported really in the back end, right? Like we said, like their sales, their, their, you know, their sales force is all set up all crooked. And it's just, they spend like 25 minutes trying to update lead stuff. And it's just, you know what I mean? Like they're just spending so much time not doing what they need to do. And they're afraid to ask questions because they know then it's like, oh, this means I'm going to have to set up this, 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 this in my CRM and, and, uh, and then I have to move this forward. And oh, I, I forgot to go back. I don't want to call them back and ask them these questions. And 
and so on and so forth. I think I think that's also something not to be neglected is kind of the the whole operations behind it, all the tech that's happening behind it is not set up to help them succeed. Yeah, I I, I, um, I totally agree. By the way, there I don't know why um, the network connection is so bad because I've got great Wi-Fi here, but it keeps zapping up. But I heard what you said, and <laughs> if if most of it, and I think Fab really hit the nail on the head in that in large enterprises. Um, I mean, in, in small companies, you can have get bogged down under tools. Uh, you can get bogged down under uh, bureaucracy uh, that is uh, sort of hidden bureaucracy that is. But you're putting this year. Well, you could have quite a bit there. And definitely give you the wrong KPIs if you set them up properly. Right. Yeah. And then, like, sales leaders, like we talked about, end up having to, like, pull data into Excel and move stuff around in Excel. And then they're frustrated and they're like, uh, and so they don't want to see bad data so it's just there's a lot of i think that's often and we haven't talked about it a lot and maybe we should talk about it a bit more but in, in future shows um or subsequent shows but it's that whole operational side to it which you know we've launched crms like quick salesforce or quick like pipe drive let's let's do it and then it's set up all wrong and it's not helping and then salespeople are like why am i even doing this and they're taking calls on the side and then, oh, yeah, once I'm on from the sun to enter my numbers, I'll log it in or, you know, they'll log in the one deals because that's when they get commissions. And, you know, what I mean, like it's uh, and I think that also distracts them from doing the right things. Right. Like they're not asking questions and the sales leader doesn't know because the deal is not in in the system. So they don't know whether the deal was properly, you know, the proper questions were asked or, or whatnot. Um, and that's. And I'm seeing that more, well, probably not seeing it more and more. It's probably been around for a long time. But as as sales teams adapt more and more technology, um, it's there's more and more things that are not well set up. Or not, not that they're not well set up. They're probably set up properly. Um, but they're not set up in a way that will, with the salesperson in mind, right? Or with the customer, I guess, ultimately in mind. Um, they're set up. I don't know. <laughs> they're set up. Well, they're set up because there's features, and that feature is cool. So let's do that, or yeah. or, or whatnot. You know. Well, uh, but I think last week we talked about a emotion, right? Was it in the podcast we did that, or after the podcast? I can't remember. <laughs> um, so what's interesting, and what you're saying, let's boil was five things boiled down to three things so mm -hmm. it's your expertise of the product that you let's say software or some kind of machine secondly it's your sales expertise right? really sales expertise you know, and, and you know look at the name you know asking the right questions <laughs> yeah. and, and thirdly you just said it the technology 
the tools. What often happens with the technology and the tools, and you said it very eloquently, is that they get bogged down in the the tool rather than what the tool is the tool. It's not that be all end all. Your CRM very much be a support to what it is you do through your sales uh, expertise or your 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 product expertise. Right. Those are the two things. Those are the two things that your client. Your yeah. tools are just to help you do the right. Thing. And if the tools are right. becoming more important than using the right thing, well, then that's where things get screwed up. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I think that there's a, that's where there's a big. And I think I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a perception. I think that I think one of the you're talking about like we talk about asking right questions and all the skills as a salesperson, but I think these use of tools is an increasingly important set of competencies because they are there. They are every, every not every company, but most more, more, most companies have CRMs. Most company, a lot of companies have like tools that help them monitor sales conversations. A lot, a lot of technology is being deployed and not understanding how the tool works, how to make it work for your, for you. Um, I feel is maybe a bigger detriment. You know, because if you're a great salesperson, you're hitting your numbers, but nobody knows what you're doing. That's you're actually detrimental to the company at that point. Right. Like, yeah, like it's easy to say, oh, well, John's hitting his numbers. So, you know, we'll let him do all his bad behavior. But, you know, like Sally, Paul and Mary, like he, you guys are doing the right thing, but you're not getting your numbers. So you're not doing it well. And I think there's there's I think the knowing how to use these tools, knowing how to set up these tools are increasingly important yeah absolutely and you know full disclosure fab is a hubspot expert right <laughs> yeah. disclosure we work together we create a sales process but fab and i are the first and i think you agree with me Fab, but i'll speak for me but you can agree i'm pretty sure you do We've talked offline is that your crm is useless if you don't use it properly right, right. And, and and the beauty of of putting a good sales process in a CRM is that the sales process is ensuring you're using your sales training thing. And, and your CRM is sort of a reminder and a tool, a helper to help you go in the right direction. Right. But if you think, well, I'm just gonna install HubSpot and then I'm gonna be a good salesperson. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and I'm sure some people do that. Now, you know, HubSpot's a great company. They have a lot of things that they put in there. You know, a lot of other CRM companies are great companies too. And they have videos to help you. And there is some incorporated, you know, generic sales training that you can get. And, and it's, it's actually pretty good. But if you forget that it's a tool, it's an important tool, but it's a tool and you're using it as the Bible of, of, of and, and, you're, and you're bypassing your expertise. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's a mix of all three, right? So if you're, you know, you're very good at using the, the your company's good at the, the CRM tool and it has a huge amount of expertise, but they're not good at sales, they're not going to have great success because they're just going out there doing demos blindly to everyone for whatever reason. Or if they have great sales training, but they don't really understand the expertise of their product, well then, you know, that's not going to be much better either. Or right. like you just said before, great expertise, great at sales, but no one knows what anyone's doing. It's like... Yeah. Um, you know, then that can hurt operations. Then that can hurt the weaker salespeople. Then that can hurt even the strong salesperson because they're not logging and they're not understanding how they do things because they, they you know, nothing is being uh, marked. So those, I think those three elements need to be 
you know, I broke it down to three categories, a lot of other things, yeah. that fall, but it, it falls into those three, you know, product expertise, sales expertise, and then the, the proper usage of your, your tools. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. Obviously that boil, then you, you can, you know, seg, like, uh, you know, cut those up into to multiple other sub components, but yeah, I mean, fundamentally, cause yeah, you're saying like, you know, like it also impacts marketing, it impacts customer service. They don't know which was coming in the pipeline. They don't know how to prepare their teams. Uh, they don't know what's being asked. So they kind of ask the same questions all over again when the client's onboarding, they, uh, you know, and marketing just can't identify which campaigns are working because they can't track the revenue at the end of the day. So there's a lot of impact about not being able to use this. So yes, sales tools are important, but yeah, right. The other, the other two are just as important, right? You can have a great tools, great setup, uh, but no product knowledge and that'll hinder you too. Yeah. Or if you have a, or if you have a, you know, I, I, in, in expertise, I put the product. If you've got a clunky product that doesn't work well or doesn't do what it's supposed to do, well, then you're going to have the same. You can be the best salesperson in the world. Your clients are going to be disappointed, right? If you're yeah. selling a 1980s Hyundai, um, and I say 1980s because Hyundai is an amazing company now, but if you're selling a, you know, a, a pony, <laughs> they were crap cars. So it didn't matter how good the CRM was, how good the sales training was, but the clients were really disappointed because they although they didn't cost much back then, but the easy cars today, I don't have one, but I hear good things. So the, the, the point here being that all those three things, you know, those three high level things uh, fit together. Going back to the original, because we often go on tangents, that's what we do. The kind of original point is that if, you, if you're not, um, if you're not, if you're just telling, if you're just, you know, blurting out demos. You could have the best product in the world. Um, you could have the best CRM situation in the world. If you're just going out there blurting out, telling, 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 you're not going to get as much success as you are if you take the time to understand what it mm -hmm. is that you're solving. Um, yeah. And, you know, we call that consultative sales, you know, unless it's very much a commodity that you're selling. Um, then there's maybe less understanding, although there might be there too. I don't want to, I don't want blankets. I don't want to give a blanket statement, but in most businesses, uh, being consultative, taking the time to understand the reality by asking questions <laughs> is, you know, it's what will tell, take you. But people still think, I mean, to this day, I still get a lot of people asking me, hey, could you give us a session on closing? Mm -hmm. And anyone who's asking me to give them a session on closing, what I remind them of is that, hey, if you're asking me to close, the real problem with closing, if you're having a problem with closing, is because you're not finding out enough about your client. Right. You don't know what's important to them. Because if you're really their partner, you don't have to be closing. It's a logical thing because you will qualify or disqualify. Mm -hmm. really need what you are selling and you've asked all the questions, they're going to agree to it too. Cause they're going to say, Hey, I'm going fishing with my crew. I need a fishing boat. <laughs> you know, you're going to be saying you need a fishing boat. Uh, well, why don't you need a fishing boat? Well, do you go fishing sometimes? Yeah, but we stand by the shore. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, well, we all like to be in the middle of the ocean and on a barge. Ah, okay. Well, you know, how do you use barge? We put them up. It, it's, Again, boils down to just 
I don't want to swear, but the fucking asking questions. It's <laughs> frustrating because so many people don't do it. Right. You know, I just tell me how to close. Yeah, I mean, they want to cut corners, and I see it because I work with a lot of tilt teams, and a lot of the stuff I get tagged for is like setting up their prospecting processes, and it's the same thing. I'm like, you know, it's better to reach out to ten people and get you know, three to reply back than to get to reach out to a hundred and get nobody to reply back. And they're not, because it's, it's easy to reach out to hundred people with the same message. Um, but it's hard to, it's hard to take the time and review each one and send them something that makes more sense. Or, and this is just what you were saying, right? They, they want to, you want to close, you don't want to do all the steps that are required before that to facilitate your close. Right. And I think that's, um, that's just, human beings <laughs> lazy yeah. and trying to cut corners it, it is just human beings and there's also I've, I've often heard this too you must have heard this too oh it makes me uncomfortable to ask too many questions what it makes me uncomfortable to ask too many questions so you're trying to help the client and you're just gonna assume, it's like it's like the doctor saying oh, i don't want i don't want to ask you too many questions i feel bad why don't we just operate under elbow it hurts. You just go in and see what's going on no, if you really want to help someone, the first thing you say, look, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. We're going to dig deep to make sure there's a fit. Yeah. But some people, oh, no, it's rude. I can't ask the owner of the company uh, if they're doing well. Like, <laughs> or do, you, do you help them with them? Do yeah, I do, but I don't want to ask them a question. <laughs> Get out of sales. <laughs> All right, Paul. We've been chatting for half an hour now. <laughs> we'll let these people go, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Thanks, everybody.